This week's episode is brought to you by the Talkbuster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So, listen to the Talkbuster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. And welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always... His shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going this week? This week? Uh, it's alright. I Let's see, on Sunday I went and saw It Chapter 2 with my lady. We actually spent the whole day together. We went on like a little date. We went to uh, Texas Roadhouse, which she loves, and went to the movie. It Chapter 2 was, was pretty good. And... Monday got to start a new D and D campaign with some uh, with one group that I, I usually play with, but we started a new one because one of the other players wanted to be DM, so that was pretty cool. And then last night I did my continuous other D and D game with a different group where uh, our barbarian uh, decided to set up a I will fight twenty people in a row for sport and proceed to take the whole night doing that. But it was funny. So that sounds like yeah yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, it's just, you know, doing work, trying to play games when I find time, listening to a lot of Steven Universe music just while I'm, like, going to and from work and stuff. Yeah, so pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. We're about a week away from the move. So once that's all said and done, that'll be a lot less stressful. Highlight of my week was Games Workshop announcing they've partnered with Marvel to do a comic series and watching the community have an epic meltdown. Cool, cool. I wish I was more into Western comics. Then uh, might have more appeal for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited because it's exactly what I've been asking for. It's like, oh, cool, we're going to get more mainstream stuff. And maybe, you know, we can actually get rid of some of the less desirable parts of the community. But anyways, that's not what we're here to talk I mean, technically we're here to ramble about uh, a particular topic, but you go ahead. Well, before we can get to the rambling, we have to thank our patrons, because without them, we don't get to ramble. And they are Pam Galley, Marquis, Orion McCann, Chris Chippen, River Galley, Krug, Reed D, and Steven. Now, if you'd like to become a patron, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. It's 25 cents an episode of podcast, and why not? By the way, Steven, we're sorry we mispronounced your name so many times. We we did see your uh, your response about it, and we will correct ourselves <laughs> well that's kind of the crappy thing is you see a name and you're not always 100 sure how it's pronounced so you just kind of take a swing at it i in fairness when i saw it spelled it was with a ph so that it doesn't matter i don't need to i mispronounced it my fault <laughs> all right well boo tober is continuing and because things have just been kind of the hectic the way they are we thought hey let's do another halloween ramble and i have a topic i want your opinion on because there's a lot of wrong people out there. Wrong people. We were literally just talking before we started recording about how Ulrich got into an argument with his wife about what day it was and was wrong. So there are saying, certain objective mind. truths in the world, and I'm about to, you know, discuss them with you. Okay, I'm listening. So of these Remember, do your books, best, do your best not to poison the well or to influence me. Just present me with it and then see what I think. I will present this to you the same way it's presented to me. So, of the following candies, which one would you get rid of? M&M's, Snickers, Milky Way, or Kit Kat? Milky Way, easily. What the? You're one of them. I, I hate Milky Way, sorry. Why do you hate Milky Way? I, I've, I've been trying, because I spent a good amount of time trying to get to the bottom of this on Twitter because people were all saying Milky Way and they're monsters. M&M's a close second. I don't like M&M's either. See, but M&M's I love, is the smart choice. I love Kit Kats and I love Snickers. How can you love Snickers and not like Milky Way? Because they have completely different textures and consistencies. Snickers is like peanutty and has caramel in it. Milky Way is this weird, is nougat. Like right off the bat. Milky Way I don't like and nougat. Snickers are the same thing except one has peanuts and one doesn't. What 
are you insane? They are not at all the same thing. They are the same exact ingredients. Chocolate, caramel, nougat. One just has peanuts. Yeah, but the the ratio of nougat is way too goddamn high in Milky Way. Milky Way is basically nothing but nougat. It makes the texture come out like like a shitty marshmallow. You are one of those monsters because everyone comes saying marshmallow. Like, what the fuck? What kind of marshmallows are you assholes eating that you think? Milky like I said, Way it tastes like a shitty marshmallow, not just any marshmallow. Whereas Snickers, because it's got a thick layer of caramel and a and like the the peanuts on top, the nougat is complimentary. It's not overpowering like it is in Milky Way. Overpower? You are a monster. And I would argue that you're the monster. So how you? It's like. I don't even know what a proper like it, it's well okay it's like red velvet I like red velvet when it's part of something but you give me a just straight up red velvet cake and it's way too goddamn sweet okay so let's talk about red up. velvet I don't get the appeal of red velvet it doesn't taste like anything if you take away the cream cheese frosting it's just dense cake I don't know what red velvet you've been having but. The point is that red velvet is just like a ridiculously rich sweetness and doesn't even need I I've had red velvet cake with no what'd you say cream cheese frosting yeah, the way it's traditionally served yes I just had red velvet like cake like sponge cake and that's way too sweet for me so it doesn't every time I've had it it tastes like nothing but dense cake okay let's bring this back around to Halloween and discuss the true culprit M&Ms and the reason I say M&Ms is M&Ms bring the least to the table it is just chocolate in a candy-coated shell. And they're not even the best version of M&M. I mean, sure. All right. I'm more of, I've always been more of a... I know it's not really a comparison because they're completely opposite candies. But if I'm going to have, like, you know, candy that is many little pieces that I just pick up a handful, and I, I'd rather have Skittles because I like the fruit yes. flavors better. Skittles are good. Well, at least we can agree on that. I just... I, this, this is a rift that I don't know if we can branch, man. Your hatred of Milky Way hurts me. Well, I don't know what to tell you, man. If just reduce the reduce the ratio of nougat, put something else in there. It's too much. Well, to be fair, Chris said Kit Kat. All right, you know, power to him. Uh, I see. I'm not holding it against you that uh, that you like Milky Way. I just personally hate it because taste is one of those things that is fucking impossible to like to convey to share. You, you taste what you taste. The only the only thing that if someone tells me. Uh, about their taste that I will look down on them for. And I'm sorry if you're listening, this is you, but this is this is the only thing. If you try to tell me that Kraft Singles are like better cheese than like you know, Tillamook or even any other regular kind of block cheese, you're wrong. Because <laughs> yeah, that's not cheese. It's not cheese. But we're getting off topic, so let's kind of bring this back around. My, my point is that's that's the extent of my um, food elitism, I suppose. <laughs> I'm not going to say elitism. I'm just, you know, Milky Way is an all around awesome candy bar. Why is it a problem that I don't like it? You get to have them. If we go out and get candy together, you get all the Milky Ways. I'm not taking any of your Milky Ways. Yeah, there's that, but it's kind of like saying your favorite movie theater snack is black licorice, and that's a whole other tangent. But again, same deal. If one person doesn't like it and the other does, this is the opposite of a problem. It means you don't have to share. It means you get all of that thing. I'm not taking any of that thing. It's just you got to wonder about someone that doesn't like Milky Way. What does I, I that say about them? <laughs> what does that say about that person? Absolutely nothing. It says that their genetic code is programmed them so that their ancestors probably didn't come from a place that nougat existed. <laughs> the wild nougat farms of North Africa. I mean, what is nougat even made from, really? Uh, it's a peanut product. I know that much. Uh, let's see. Nougat is a, I'm looking this up, family of confectionaries made with sugar or honey, roasted nuts, almonds, walnuts, pistachios, hazelnuts, and macadamia nuts are common, whipped egg whites, and sometimes chopped candied fruit. Well, it seems like it's a catch-all for a lot of things. There are three basic kinds of nougat. There's white nougat, which is made with beaten white eggs and honey. Uh, see, that is Italian, mostly, it looks like. Um... The Sayers brown nougat, which is made without eggs and has a firmer, often crunchy texture. The third is, and that looks like it is uh, French. And then the third is Viennese or German nougat, which is essentially a chocolate and a nut praline. So it looks like white nougat is what that they normally put in Milky Way. And I would be super interested in uh, 
this brown nougat that is crunchy because the, the big part of my problem with Milky Way is I don't like the texture. Like, the taste is fine. It's the texture that bugs me mostly. See, where do you come down on the zero bar then? I don't know. I, I don't think I've had a zero bar in years. I don't know what really what it tastes like. Deliciousness. Uh, not that. It's like a firmer Milky Way coated in white chocolate with almonds. Uh, I mean, that sounds pretty good. I'll try it. See, this is where I like. I don't know if I can suggest it to you because the Milky Way to me sounds incredible, but you're just turning up your nose at it. I'm not turning up my nose. Turning up your nose indicates that you don't even give it a shot. I have eaten plenty of Milky Way to know that I don't like it. <laughs> How many do you have to eat to know you don't like it? Uh, at least once a year to see if your taste buds change. I used to not like onions. I love them now. That's an interesting comparison. I'm just saying that, like, I think that your taste buds, you have a certain amount of control over them to a point. Like I used to hate onions and peppers and spicy food. And then when I went vegetarian for a couple of years, I was like, I'm going to make myself like these things. So I just continuously put them on other food until I love them. And now I love onions and peppers and whatnot. I tried it with mushrooms and tomatoes, but I couldn't get it to work. So like there's a limit, but still. Mushrooms are nasty. I can't stand mushrooms. There's everything about them. Well, there's a point of agreement. There you go. So we're supposed to be talking about Halloween and Halloween. Candy is relevant. That's true. What do you come down on candy corn? Actually, hold on. Wait, wait. Before you come down, there is a basically straight nougat candy I do like. That's almost the same thing, but I like. You know what it is? You're going to say Three Musketeers? No, I actually hate Three Musketeers as well. But I love Charleston Chew. Charleston Chew's okay. And also, for the record, Three Musketeers is not nougat. That is whipped chocolate. Season two of Stranger Things lied, and it bugged me the whole season. Okay, well, I just happen to not like Three Musketeers either. I don't like Three Musketeers in Milky Way, but I love Charleston Chew, and Charleston Chew is just flavored nougat covered in chocolate flavor coating. But the nougat is much firmer, so I like it a lot. I, you know, it's good. Well, yeah, if I remember correctly, Charleston Chew is like more taffy-like almost. Yes, yes it is, and I love it. But you kind of like them older candy bars. Like, you're the one that got me hooked on... Uh, Abba Zappa! Which are the amazing. God damn, Abba Zappa is good. And so hard to find nowadays. <laughs> for yeah, me. you got to track down certain places. Uh, recently, I found a store that sells them in the wholesale cases, and I bought one just because anytime I was craving an Abba Zappa, I wanted to have access to and not have to hunt them down. Yeah, Abba Zappa was my go-to movie candy. That or a, a good old-fashioned, simpler than just a ball of, condensed sugar which is what a jawbreaker is yeah no i also like from the same company big hunks big hunks Dumb. are really good well it's the same company that does abazab and i've tried like all their various candy bars they do they're all kind of weird and they're all okay i mean some of them i like, just remember i have this vague memory of when i was a kid reading some book i don't remember what the book was it was about this um this kid who was really good at running and there was some other kid in the neighborhood who was nickname was Mars Bar or something like that just because he ate a bunch of Mars Bar. If anyone knows what book I'm talking about, you know, be interested. This sounds vaguely familiar. But I remember reading that and being like, what the hell's a Mars Bar? Not realizing that it's actually like a company, not really a, a bar. I fell for that trick once because I've always wanted the same thing. And I was in an import store and they sold Mars Bars. I'm like, ah, I'm going to finally find out what a Mars Bar is. And I got home and ate it. This is a motherfucking Milky Way. What the hell? Yeah, it's just a company. It makes tons of... Diff there are plenty of technically different kinds of Mars bars. Well, I guess the thing is, is is the two brothers split ways. And when one went to America, he took the mil he took part of the license. And the other brother kept the Mars license. And that's why over there, their candy bars, like Milky Way is called a Mars bar, and I think a Snickers is called a Galaxy bar or something. I looked it up to figure out why it was called a uh, Mars bar, and it was because the brothers divided the company. Ah, well, since we're basically focusing on candy right now, I think I asked you this last year, but what was your, like, go-to when you, when, you, when you came home after trick-or-treating and you had the bag of candy and you dumped it all out in the ground or the table or whatever you did? then what were the ones you were most excited to see and what were the ones you were like, those are going to go in the trash can? <laughs> the trash can, and I don't know if you ever had this, was always the church pamphlets that people snuck in somehow. No, I never had that one. 
Yeah, there's a couple people in my town. They snuck in church pamphlets about how Halloween is terrible. Well, that doesn't count. Halloween. We're talking like what? What's the 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 edible thing? You, you were uh, like a... Dum Dum Pops. I always kept to give it to my dad as tribute because he always wanted candy. So we'd save up things like Dum Dum Pop, Good and Plenty, a uh, bit of honey. <laughs> I like that too. Bit of really? I never like uh, bit, bit of honey. Yeah. But I love like the um, the candies that last a long time. Like that's why I'm a big fan of like hard taffy and jawbreakers. Oh, and... taffy was always a go to my dad just because I hated the texture and the flavor. You never really knew what flavor you were getting. Well, I'm guessing you're talking about like saltwater taffy. Yeah, saltwater taffy, uh, black licorice was always and licorice. I never liked licorice. Still don't really like licorice that much. I like licorice and I like black licorice too. So. You got one of them weird flavor palettes. Okay. Like, here's the thing. I hate black licorice. I love Jaeger. Which is just tastes like black licorice. I don't know what I you're know. talking about. I, I don't know how to explain it. I love Jaeger. I hate black you're licorice. You're saying I have a weird palette. You're the one saying, I like this flavor, except when it's in this thing. Alcohol makes everything better. Uh, all right. I don't have a response to that. But, uh, I mean, one of my favorite candies to get were those. I don't know what brand they were, but they were like... Uh, an apple, like a caramel apple pop. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you were talking about. Those were the best. Yeah, it's like my favorite thing to see in the bag. Yeah, because that, like I said, that had some last to it. And that is, as a kid, ultimately what you're after with your candy is you want to get the most out of your candy that you can. Also, is it just me, or regardless of what neighborhood you went to, was your bag like 20 to 25% Smarties? It seems like that's the most common thing people get for Halloween. Uh, I get a lot of Smarties. I think it's because Smarties is one of those ones that comes in the big variety bags. And I actually like Smarties. Smarties were pretty high on the list. Oh, yeah. I love yeah, them. They, I'm they, just saying. I think it's funny that, like, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Smarties were up there. Skittles were up there. And then Butterfingers and Milky Way. Butterfinger is interesting because I love the taste of Butterfinger. But there is no candy that sticks to my teeth like more and it's more of a nightmare to make my mouth feel clean again afterward you know i'm waiting for them to reverse the formula on the butter fingers because they changed the formula and it's not as good now you know i did think something was off about the last couple times i had it uh, so the thought had crossed my mind yeah no they changed the formula and did something and it's not the same i don't know what it was and then <sighs> three musketeers was the middle tier one because it's chocolate but it felt like you weren't really eating anything it just was mush uh i was never oh one cool thing i was the only person in my like kid group who really liked coconut so all the mounds and almond joys would always come to me and i love that oh yeah those were also attributed to my dad because i never liked coconut still really don't like coconut it's a texture thing i used to just buy coconuts and i'd crack them open myself and just eat those i remember there was one time i came over you were sitting eating a half a coconut with a knife gouging out the meat yeah it's amazing and well that's after you drink like you just you poke a hole in the top and you drink all the coconut water it's good anyway point is i love that was hilarious i just remember walking in and you were hunched over your coconut just going to town (laughs) yeah also as a side note i'm sure you've done this but have you ever drank a pina colada out of a hollowed out pineapple can't say that i have if you need to treat yourself, man, because uh, like we did that a couple of years ago, we made pina coladas and we used the like the hollowed out pineapple as the cups, and it is amazing. <laughs> that makes sense. Anyway, uh, I'm now I'm pretty sure we talked about this last year, but I literally you type in uh, Halloween candy, and the first picture that is of a specific candy is candy corn, quote unquote, the most hated Halloween candy. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel that's kind of unfair. I always thought that in my friends group, anyway, people like the white and the orange part. It was, for some reason, the yellow part that no one liked. <laughs> it all tastes the same. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. No, my mom carried over the tradition of uh, mixing the candy corns in with oatmeal for breakfast. Really? Yeah, that was, that, something, that was something she did growing up, and she carried it on to us. Because, you know, you always have a loose handful of loose candy corn and, you know, you can eat them in a handful, but they kind of get the film gets on your teeth and it's a big sugar rush. So for Halloween, like the day after Halloween, we'd uh, get oatmeal with candy corns in them. Oh, that's nice. By the way, side note, I, while I love licorice, 
and, and Twizzlers in general, individually wrapped half-size licorice slash Twizzler can rot in a pit. Hate those little packaging. Oh, I hated, always hated, because you had fun-size candy bars, and you had the mini-size candy bars. You know the ones I'm talking about? Maybe the size of your pinky? Vaguely, yeah. It's, I mean, I remember, like, fun-size Snickers and stuff. They would say that on there. And, yeah, like, sounds familiar. Yeah, and you're sitting there, and like I said, it's about maybe the size of the tip of your pinky, uh, pinky, and you're struggling to get, you know, the label, the little tab off, and then the tab rips off, and then you're sitting there trying to figure out how you're going to get your candy bar out, and it's barely a mouthful of candy. No, those were terrible, and come on. If you're not going to go at least fun size, get out of here with this mini shit. Yeah. Also, I feel like... Um... At least in my mind, I, I have this tendency to put things on scales in my head. Like even my taste buds for me, you know, things generally go on a scale of ne- negative 10 to 10 and zero, which is always got to be my baseline. Is like, what is the thing that's in the middle that I don't feel anything positive or negative about? Like example, for me personally, my zero taste is cauliflower. Cauliflower tastes like nothing to me, not good or bad. It just is. So my, my reason to bring that up is while it's not a zero by any means, when I was younger, I always considered Hershey's, like just straight Hershey's chocolate and those little little packages they had was like the baseline candy. Like you just expect that to be, you know, a handful. Not, not like they were bad, but it's like there's nothing interesting about it. It's just, it's just straight chocolate. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of where I put M&Ms in the same category. It's like, listen, I've got caramel and chocolate, nougat and chocolate, peanut butter and chocolate. What do you bring into the game other than just chocolate? Yeah, nowadays, I love just straight Hershey's because I love to just like get a you know piece of chocolate and just let it melt in the mouth and not have to chew it or anything. But when I was a kid, that was I was a lot more like, yeah, give me like a Snickers. So it has, I want a bunch of stuff together. <laughs> I'm still of the mind that just chocolate, unless it's like really good chocolate, is just kind of boring. Like, no, I want something else. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like also the more the older I got, the more I started getting into like foreign candies because I I don't know. I just had friends from other countries and stuff like that. Uh, one time, an ex girlfriend of mine actually got me a bag of Jelly Babies, which I thought would just be like I don't know, like gummy bears or something like that. But they're not. They really are their own thing. And I don't, I mean, how do you describe a flavor? I, I suppose you could describe other flavors. Like they were, they were gummy bear like, but with a slightly softer texture and a little bit n- like not as sweet, like they were more subtle, but you know, they were good. So I always wondered about that. Cause I always figured they were just jelly, like, you know, gummy bears or some regional version of gummy bears. Yeah, they are not. They they do taste different, at least in my in my estimation. But you know, I love going to uh, was it Lolly and Pops is the candy store here that has like it has a section for all the foreign candy. Uh, I mean, the classic thing that got me the first started was obviously you know it was a super anime weeb and Pocky was everywhere, which is just you know bread covered in like chocolate or whatever. But I'm not a big fan of that anymore. Uh, but then I started you know. It's not a candy per se, but one of my favorite foreign sweets is actually a Scottish soda called Iron Brew, which is Iron a, Brew is amazing. Yeah, it's a orange colored bubblegum flavored soda that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we need to get back on Halloween. Let's talk about the last one I've always wondered about popcorn balls, because I only ever got a handful of these, and they were typically from family friends or something. So I felt obliged to eat them because I knew how much work went into them but I never liked them. Um, I didn't even know what you were talking about until I Googled it just now. You've never heard of popcorn balls? No. And uh, looking at them, I've never seen one of these before. Think Rice Krispie Treat, but with popcorn. I mean, Rice Krispie Treats already took me a long time to start to like. I like them now, but uh, I didn't like them when I was younger. But I don't know. So I, I have no frame of reference for this. <laughs> That's fascinating. No, there's always used to get a handful of them from, you know, family, friends and whatnot. And yeah, again, I knew they were difficult to make, but they just, they didn't taste like much of anything, which is my problem ultimately with Rice Krispies treats is even with the marshmallow and the butter, they still don't really taste like much. I, I feel like I've also got more of a taste, like I'm more into subtle flavors now. Like I start eating foreign food and I realize that American food is so, I don't know, extreme, I guess. And I think it actually dulls, ends up dulling your palate because you're so ex- 
you expect these like MSG fuel, super high flavors that makes like other food that has, you know, is bringing other things to the table taste bland by comparison. And then I, I don't know, it's problematic to me. And of course that's not always true. I mean, like outside of certain areas of the United States, we generally don't have spice, at least not the same way that like, you know, uh, equatorial countries have it. So like, I am really in a Thai food in general, and there just isn't that kind of uh, spice game going the on. The word you're looking for is heat, because if you keep saying spice, the entire South is going to rise up in anger against us. There's some argument about how spice doesn't actually apply. Well, you got Cajun, you got Creole, you got the whole, you know, southern belt of the deep south. I mean... Yeah, that's why I was saying outside of those kind of areas. Like, those... That's yeah, a whole those region of the country. There's also, you know, the southwest with Arizona and the peppers and that whole thing with onions. Don't count us out is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not counting you out. That's why I was saying, like, those are important... But those are, let me put it this way, I live in the Northwest, and I can't find a Cajun place to save my goddamn life. I would love some good Cajun food. It just doesn't exist here. Well, that's because geography. Yeah, that's my point, I'm saying. But I can find a Thai food restaurant because it's, like, more, quote-unquote, exotic. And as long as it's got actual, like, you know, Thai or relative cooks there, then I can get some, you know, pretty good. It's funny, because one time I went to this Thai food place here in town. Actually, no, it wasn't Thai. It was uh, Korean, I think. But I, I, I ordered some some dish, and I asked the waitress, make it as hot as you can. And she said, are you sure? And she didn't say this part, but what I heard was, are you sure, white boy? And... I was like, yes. And so they brought it to me. I started eating it and I started sweating because uh, like my heat tolerance is pretty good, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I would never claim to be the best. And so by the time I'm like, you know, drinking a lot of water, she comes away. She's like, are you okay? I was like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I want to fight my food, you know? No food. I'm not down. Once I've, you know, killed it, it doesn't need to fight back. That's what indigestion is. Well, you know, capsaicin supposedly and uh if someone out there tells me that i'm full of it and has some scientific study to back me up fine but i have i have read before that capsaicin supposedly kills like intestinal parasites so that's one of the things i that believe got me. it but i'm not worried about intestinal parasite well that makes one of us so if i've <laughs> got it we've reached an agreement is my theory <laughs> Obviously, you took that episode of Futurama a little too seriously. See, that one always was like, that feels like a fair trade-off. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we're talking about food so much. I, I had dinner. I'm not sure what the hell's going well, on. I haven't, so... Oh, okay, that why. explains it. All right, well, let's see. Another Halloween-related thing. I know that you know it was interesting. I don't know if we talked about this last year, but uh, Halloween stores, those, you know, they pop up right around the end of September, and usually they're you know, taking place of some store that has gone out of business and hasn't been bought yet, or Spirit Halloween is the current, like, you know, dominator. But I remember there being more when I was younger, right? Do you remember more? No, I feel like Spirit is a relatively modern phenomenon. See, maybe it's because I was in San Diego, and San Diego is, like, bigger than where you grew up. Yes. That very well could be the case, because my memory is going into Kmart and seeing their costume section. And I realized I just dated myself by saying Kmart, but that's what I remember. It popped up and it was this cool, you know, big thing like, oh, cool, Halloween aisle. Now there's Halloween stores, which I really am excited to take my daughter to when she's old enough just because I love Halloween and having a whole store dedicated seems awesome. But to me, it feels relatively new. Hmm. I do know that, like, so in a couple of weeks, there's a renaissance fair happening that a friend of mine was like, we should go to that. And I was like, well, I don't have any clothes. I, like, I thought, I don't have any clothes that really are appropriate. And I was like, yeah, well, Spirit Halloween's probably open. I could probably find something that is, you know, not authentic, but get me in the ballpark, you know? <laughs> if you're going to a renaissance fair looking for authenticity, uh, you're at the wrong place. Well... It's, I mean, it's one of those things where it's itself, like the renaissance is a specific time period yet you were dressed like it is the middle ages connotation versus denotation Ulrich. so but i get what you know, mean that's always bugged me it's like i have always wanted to go to a renaissance fair but i never understood why they named them renaissance fairs if it was supposed to be the middle ages yeah 
I, I do understand and I agree with that. But not the point. The point, like name aside, like I've never been to one. I've always wanted to go. I, I was briefly um, tangential to an SCA group, a site of creative anachronisms, which do a lot more hardcore stuff. Like they actually fight in armor with like solid weapons, sometimes blunted in metal. But uh, that was when I was flirting with the idea of moving to a um, the town where that group was located. And then that didn't go through, so I kind of fell out with that. Which too bad, because I, I thought their stuff was very interesting. But I love that. That there's got to be thing. a chapter down there in your area. Oh, I'm sure there is. I just never got around to digging into it. So oh, free time. But besides the point, the point is that uh, Spirit Halloween isn't just a like, oh, do Halloween thing. It's like they have so many different kind of costumes. It's it's usually a good place to just go and find little like trinkets or fun, uh, you know, knickknacks like. My my lady got a um, what like a, a replica weapon from one of the like games that we both really like, and it's not a costume; it's just a cool thing to have. <laughs> no, they've got all sorts of cool stuff, and that's kind of what's fun to wander around them is to see the weird props and the stuff, and really kind of plan like, man, if I had the time or the motivation to do like a convert my house to a haunted house, these stores have it. I mean, in spades, and that's what's really kind of cool is to see that when you take out the gross commercialization of it, that Halloween has become this holiday that almost is rivaling Christmas, if not in lifespan, then in just the amount of effort people put into it. Yeah, I suppose so. It makes me sad for you to put it that way, though. I know, but we'll switch gears. So have you seen that the internet has declared the worst sexy Halloween costume of the year already? I mean, I'm not surprised. What is it? Sexy Mr. Rogers. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing, um, was it Colbert who was like, we already have a sexy Mr. Rogers. Here, he says a picture of Mr. Rogers. Like, Damn right. <laughs> I didn't see that, but I saw, you know, it's like, and the sexy Halloween costume trend has started, and we've all agreed the worst one is sexy Mr. Rogers. And I looked at it and went, really? Come on. What? Why? Hey, man, nothing is sacred when it comes to fetishizing. But Mr. Rogers? Hey, I am appalled by it because Mr. Rogers is a goddamn saint as far as I'm concerned. But like I said, nothing is sacred when it comes well, to let's comedy. Let's take that aside. Let, let's put that aside. Who wants to have sex with Mr. Rogers? Because that is how you go to this. Well, I mean, there's probably actually a lot of people who wanted to have sex with Mr. Rogers, but maybe not that particular version of it. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Oh, that just reminded me of one of the best Halloween stories. So it was the day after Halloween, and Slagathar and I were driving. We're going somewhere doing an errands. And, you know, she's looking out the window, and she turns back to me, and she's made a face. And I was like, what happened? She said, Bo Peep mooned me. What do you mean, Bo Peep mooned me? She's like, there was a lady getting into her car, and she bent over, and she was wearing a Bo Peep costume with no underwear on. Wow. Productive night. And this was the night after Halloween, and I just remember laughing my ass off because she had this look of shock and confusion on her face. Because you're not driving down the road expecting to be mooned by Bo Peep. I mean, I know it's not anything new to say, but I kind of like that Halloween is, uh, partially anyway, an excuse for a lot of adults to dress, let's be maybe a little diplomatic, um, scantily, that they might not otherwise do. It's like a way to kind of get that off their... I don't even know. Like, there's no way I can say, describe what I'm trying to say without it being overt so yeah people dressing sexy and they don't normally do it and it's like and uh, yeah i agree i'm 100 on board with you on that one although deciding what to make sexy is where we are drawing our lines well, there's <laughs> that and i draw the caveat that it is kind of unfair that women only get sexy costumes and men we get everything else i wouldn't say only but i do understand and generally agree with the concept the um of what you're trying to convey so that's like my only thing like i'm not going to you know kink shame or tell anybody hey you want to dress sexy you can't dress sexy that, that's your own thing i just think you know equal opportunity is what's best for everybody i mean i would argue that right now when you go to a place like spirit halloween most of the costumes are unisex and there really aren't uh i mean there are plenty of sexy costumes in general but it's like equal opportunity insofar as it most of it doesn't care what gender you are that is true but then again at the same time because you know spirit halloween is such a 
brand specifically at this point that I know finding sizes can be a bitch there, especially if you're, you know, a little, like a little bit on the bigger side, you know? Well, in my experience, their sizes are not universal. Also true. Cause like one year, I think I actually bought a costume and I bought, you know, men's extra large. And I remember my calves splitting out of the leggings and everything. So I returned it and, you know, went and got the next size up. And it was like, I was wearing a tent. Yeah, I've had that experience too. Not through Spirit Halloween, but when I, I've gone to, I've gone records and I've gone to anime conventions plenty of times. And I would buy my costumes usually through, because I'm not, I'm not craftsy. I'm sorry to anyone out there who you put in the dedication, the effort to make your own costumes. I am nothing but respect and awe of you, but I am, I, that's not me. I'm not, uh, I'm not artsy. And so I'd buy costumes from like QQ Cosplay and Cosplay Magic and, and places like that, depending on, you know, what I wanted to be and what year it was. But because you're buying from these places that generally make their stuff in uh, China is where a lot of them were coming from. The figuring out sizes becomes a pain. Even if you do custom sizes, like we recently, uh, last year, we bought a, a costume. Me and my lady bought a costume from the same place. It's basically the same costume, except the uh, male and female version. We put in custom like measurements and that we took together mine came out basically fine her pants came out like way too short and with the seam like way too high and there's no way they were ever going to close and it was this fiasco i've ordered uh shoes from sites before like these that were like because you know they have like different shoe size comparisons uh, you know a, a 11 and mine is what is like they need to be like a 14 for them or something like it's it's crazy sizes are an insanity <laughs> yeah and i mean that's why i used to do pretty consistent halloween parties for the longest time just because i was you know, younger and had the energy but i would still kind of you know like all right what kind of halloween costume can i put together through thrift, thrift shop items and what i have at home and that's kind of been the case the last couple of years. And I'm still going that. And I know as my daughter gets older, that's going to become less and less of an option as I really do have to step up the game because I've got a kid and, you know, Halloween is exciting again. Fair enough. But I think uh, one year I went as a lumberjack and it was just because I had a ski cap and a flannel. I was like, yes, works. All right. I don't have any great stories like that i suppose uh i i mean i've done that basically a few times where i just push together something from because i usually don't have the the energy or the motivation to put together like i have again i hung out in an anime group i've been surrounded by people who are like i'm gonna have this costume and i'm gonna you know and then whether or not it happens is another story but, but that's just never me and it's usually putting in all this effort for something that it's like I only put in as much effort really is how much the person I'm with, like, is it really important to them? All right. I'll, I feel like I give up a lot of myself to other people in this regard. The last one I did was a long time ago, but a buddy and I went, uh, we did a group uh, costume together. He went as Carl Jung and I went as Sigmund Freud and we would went back and forth arguing psychology and philosophy all night. In fun, fun. Yeah, and I mean, the drunker I got, the more it just became, it reduced down to, it's about your penis. It, it's about your penis. It's about your penis. And in my defense, that's that, that was more or less Freud's whole thing. I, I suppose so. I mean, if you yeah, want a base of. reading of him, that was his deal. I am not nearly enough of a studier of psychology to really comment on that. <laughs> I was more into the hard sciences. So. I don't know, like I said... I'm probably I've kind of fallen out of it lately just because time, but I don't know. I figure as my daughter gets older, I'll get more and more into it. Cause I really, Halloween's probably my favorite holiday for a multitude of reasons. Favorite holiday. Uh, I don't even know if I have a favorite holiday. If I can really, I, solstice. I don't know. I mean, Halloween, I, I don't even remember what I did last year for Halloween. The last Halloween I remember like Halloween used to be pretty important because like, me and uh, my lady would go to our friend's Halloween party. It's where we actually first started, like, dating, like, six years ago. And, you know, we just hang out over there, usually till like, 2 or 3 a.m. Um, sometimes one of us would drink. Sometimes we'd both drink and just stay there for the night because that friend is a pretty good friend of ours. But now she's basically moved away. And so this is, will be, like, the first year with, the, with no party there, I think. I don't remember if there was one last year. 
See, I don't even remember, but I don't even have that. And it's like uh, the last time I remember spending Halloween, like the day of Halloween, doing something really good was, I think, three or four years ago when I was at the last house I lived in. I have a picture of uh, uh, my lady and I. She was a uh, like a vampire, and I was uh, a ninja, essentially. And we just hung out at home. Uh, some friends came over, and we had um, white Russians. I think they were white Russians. They were more chocolatey. So I don't know if they, I don't know. He, he made them. I just drank them. So, and uh, there's a couple trick or treaters and we just played games. And then he, uh, the, the friend ended up getting a little too drunk. So all really Yeah, remember. that's never fun. Well, what it sounds like is the time has come for you to take up the mantle and start putting together a Halloween party. I, if I had a bigger apartment, maybe. <laughs> just rent a field. I, I am not, I don't have the money for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, by rent a field, I meant just go find someone's field to drink in until they chase you off. Ah, the college Ulrich method. I see. I learned that in high school. What are you talking about? I stand corrected. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I don't know. Let's see. We talked about candy. We talked about costumes and commercialism. Like, last year we talked about, like, stories and how we were raised with Halloween. Now we're basically talking about what our current relationship with it is. And it is depressing at least from my end you at least have a child so it's like like as you said it's becoming more and more exciting right it's funny because i wish i could be a little more energetic about it but at the same time it's funny i was thinking about like my time is so regimented right now it's like i i do you know go to work and i have these things i have to do certain days of the week afterwards so that i usually don't have a lot of time to do something that i just want to do so i feel like i end up pushing these things off uh, like preparing for something like Halloween and and then by the time it you know comes around I you know I'm not prepared and then I don't have the energy to really like muster up for it so it's good to have that's why I liked having that Halloween party right and it was just some place to, to to know like all right this thing's happening just go and have a good time <laughs> you kind of hit why it's still important to do Halloween parties and celebrate holidays in general into adulthood because well, life gets complicated and it grinds you down but it's still fun to get together with friends and celebrate and holidays are a great excuse to do that plus you get themed drinks never had themed drinks i've always wanted to get a i remember seeing this picture a few years back it was like all the ev evolutions as shots and i was like i want to do that and i never got around to doing it so well see there you go make there now's the time halloween party and no one's going to say no to themed shots i mean i suppose you're right i I don't know. I'll think on it. Maybe once I get, have a house, then I'll start instituting it. But my apartment, I don't know if that would go well. <laughs> that is typically the rule. Whoever has the most space gets to host. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I, the person in my current friends group who has the most space, like, I feel like almost everyone in my friends group has more space than me. I do have one friend who still does, like, Halloween-y stuff. I think I remember last year going over his house and he was a pirate. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember what his wife was, but I'll probably do something over at his place. I, I go see him once every couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, I think last year we might have just played Switch games or something. Okay, a little bit more than that, but it's a start. Well, I mean, it depends. Like, yeah, it's all relative. So. All right, well, this has been interesting. So let's move on into suggestions of the week. Are you sure? I don't really know. All right, if you want to, but... Because I don't know what, exactly where else to go with Halloween. It's like, I feel like we hit this weird kind of nexus of um, not apathy, but uh, just we're like old. tiredness. This, this, yeah, this old. Is, we're old. <laughs> okay, then Life here, hold on. I want to end more positively because I am generally pro Halloween. So, what are your, you're, you've got this move coming up. You've got a daughter who is getting old enough that where she can be cognizant of these kind of things. So, what are you doing this year? Uh, we're going to do the same thing. One of the big Halloween traditions we've had forever is we try and watch as many horror movies as we possibly can. Um, well, as for case, her, I'm forced to watch, I've got six horror movies on a list for a thing we'll be recording later that I am not necessarily looking forward to, but I got to be prepared. So, <laughs> yeah, you got that. As for her, I'm going to start her off on some of the classic Halloween stuff like uh, the Bugs Bunny, Warner Brothers. Halloween special they used to run. Going to try and track down Hocus Pocus. Stuff like that. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to dress her as, but I'm definitely taking her trick-or-treating. I mean, she's 
too small to fully, you know, remember it, but I, I like the tradition. We do pumpkin carving, all that, you know, good stuff. Well, you know, I, I was recently talking with someone about this idea of, like, getting your kids into something before they even are cognizant of being able to get into something. And what, what I mean is, I remember telling you, I've been into Godzilla since before I have memories, right? So I'm thinking that Godzilla movies were playing when I was too young to form memories, but I was enough to form connection to the thing. So it's a similar kind of, like, I was thinking, like, when I have kids, right, I'll probably play Steven Universe music for them. It's like, you're not old enough to know what this is, but it's going to basically get into your head and kind of program you to already be into this. And then when I said it out loud to a friend, I was like, this sounds kind of insidious, like you're you're programming your children. And he was like, well, actually, as a parent, you know, it's kind of your job to try your best to program them in a way that it will help them succeed or be good people. It, it sounds obviously put it that way but that's kind of your job so so what you're doing with the halloween thing similar thing like you're getting her into this concept before she even realizes that that's the case so by the time she has four memories she's already gonna be like i like this thing i remember when i started liking this thing or even found out about this thing i just always known about it and in my experience some stuff will take some stuff won't like i just put on gravity falls in the background one day for her and that's her favorite show so while other things just no connection doesn't follow yeah, I did have a thought that like while I'll be showing my kids a lot of the cartoons I like, there are also some cartoons I like that I won't. Like I probably won't put on Ed and Nettie. I just feel like as much as I love it, that is if if when you're like ten you find this interesting, then we can talk. But <laughs> she already loved Ed and Nettie too. We got her that because she likes oh, watching. Power to you. <laughs> So no, we're going to do all the normal Halloween stuff. I mean, I'm not going to go as all out as I used to, but like I said, there are certain ones I stick to. Always carve pumpkins, but part of that superstition. Always watch horror movies because it's an excuse. Watch the classic, you know, Halloween stuff. Argue with Slag throw about the merits of uh, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. As a question, how long do your Halloween decorations usually stay up? Uh, in years past, it will go up the 1st of October and it'll probably come down the first week of November. That's soon, huh? I think in our case last year, our Halloween decorations stayed up till like after Christmas. So, See, Slagathor loves Christmas, and it's an ongoing battle every year of when the Christmas decorations get to go up. Well, yeah, okay. Christmas has always been my most hotly emotional holiday. I have a lot of uh personal family things tied up in christmas that i don't want to really discuss <laughs> right now that's but, why halloween's better there's no family drama on halloween yeah i suppose not it's just you know candy and getting this crap scared out of you you at least gonna do a haunted house uh what you mean like make one or go to one go to one i don't no yeah i don't I, I love you, man, but I don't think you're crafty enough to pull off a haunted house. I, well, I'm not, but my lady definitely is. Like Scarlet, can she, she's getting more craftsy. Like the, the more on she goes, and I'm really impressed with uh, with what she's been capable of. And uh, you know, I look forward to seeing. Like for anyone, I don't know when this is going to go up, but we are having. Um, she's actually designed our uh, our logo for us. You know, and it, it looks pretty awesome. I don't know when we're going to start using it, but. <laughs> I'll see. There you go. More future goals. Haunted house at some point. Uh, I get. I, I don't know. Like, I know recently she and Woundvog, right? Were um, like she invited me. It's funny because we were we were waking up. This is like a month ago or something like that, and we were just talking before we got out of bed. And she was like, "Hey, uh, do you want to like go to the the penitentiary? Like, is it on like a tour?" And I was, and she was all excited. I was like, "Not really." Because I've been there, and it made me super uncomfortable. And it's funny because she didn't know that, so she was like, "What?" Because she had thought that we had gone together, and it, it just that didn't happen. But it's not the point. Point was that she was excited to do this thing, and I was like, "I'll go if you want to go," because that's the kind of thing you're talking about. It's like a haunted house. Because in this case, it's like this actual penitentiary here, which they're doing some like big tour thing. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go if uh, people want to go, but it wasn't something you know. Not at the top of my list. <laughs> well, that's different. I mean, that's like a legit evil place. I'm talking about converting your house to a haunted house. I am not going to go without reason to some stranger's house. It's just not going to do that. <laughs> okay.
Like, and I'm not. And if there was a friend of mine who was like, hey, come over and check out this haunted house I made, I was like, oh, sure, that'd be cool. I'll, I'll help you run it. But I I'm wasn't not gonna... suggesting you go into a stranger's house. I was suggesting that you go to one of those, you know, professional, huge traveling circus style haunted houses. <laughs> you should have specified. <laughs> I thought it was clear. I'm not saying, yeah, man, just wander into someone else's haunted house. It's like, oh, cool. What you got going on here? Who the fuck are you and what are you doing in my house? Well, I mean, that's what happens at Halloween. You got people who just set up their houses as like haunted house-like things. And then the, the, the trick-or-treaters go with it. My buddy Eric uh, actually does that. Like, he does that a lot. because. But Eric's the kind of guy, like, I I have heard stories of him setting up hippity hop races that like get into like the newspaper because it gets like a bunch of people you know from the town together. Like he he sets up all sorts of crazy stuff. So uh, interesting. Yeah, and he uh, he did a thing last year where he had like smoke machines and and like lights and and haunted house stuff. And apparently it was really good. I didn't get to see it, but I remember you know hearing about it. It was pretty cool. No, someday my goal is to do a full blown. And like decorated up the house, front of the house. Not do a full haunted house because I don't really want strangers wandering through. But someday that is kind of the goal. Just if I only do it once, because it's something I always wanted to do as a kid, but we were never really able to, due to our geographical location of no one's going to come see it. So why are we putting in all the effort? Yeah, I'm sure that'll happen to me eventually, just because of you know Scarlett's personality type, and that almost certainly happened. So don't sound so morose about it. Uh, I mean, I will certainly help. It's just one of those things like, all right, I'm going to put in a lot of, I don't even know where I'm going with that. It's just, it's like, we'll see how I feel then. I'll probably be more excited about it then. Right. You know? So we tried to go out on an up note and we somehow ended up circling back to the same kind of low note. I don't feel depressed. Why am I coming off as depressed? So... I don't know what to tell you. Halloween is awesome, folks. All right, now we can move into suggestions and I'll just really quickly get mine out of the way, which is, uh, I, I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, but there's a YouTube channel I'm a big fan of just called The Modern Martial Artist. It's this guy who looks at like fighters and techniques uh, in boxing and MMA and Muay Thai and things like that. And he'll, he does this like eight minute videos where he takes like a fighter who is pretty well known and he picks a certain like set of aspects about their style and goes into detail on why they were effective showing like clips of, of fights and or sometimes he'll just pick a famous fight and kind of give a blow by blow of what's actually happening because if you're not you know very well versed in martial arts and you watch say you know two legendary boxers go at each other um it might be you know you're not going to necessarily understand the nuances of uh, the one fighter switching between orthodox, you know, and unorthodox stances, or how one fighter is properly using like his head to to block and like clutching arms for you know specific kind of liver shots. Like you might see the punches, but you don't understand the mechanics of what's going on. And modern martial arts is very good at at describing and elaborating on these kind of things. So I really enjoy his videos for this reason. Yeah, I think I've watched a couple of his stuff. He's good production. Yeah, like uh, he's got a series where basically he did um, – he's done most of Ali's great fights and like watching him describe particularly Ali versus Frazier, like watching it without his uh, just his narration is one thing and it's like it, it, it seemed kind of interesting So I always kind of found boxing interesting. But watching it with his narration where he's like, all right, now watch here how like Ali is – like moving in this direction in order to try to avoid like Frazier getting too close. And look how, you know, Frazier's footwork in this case is like pinning Ali into the corner. And it, it makes it so like you can, your eyes can lock onto the things that are impressive and it makes the whole thing feel, I don't know, a lot more interesting to me. I can understand that. Yeah. Anyway, I think he just released uh, this video called like, you know, boxers that MMA artists should uh, copy or MMA. Like, uh, one of the ones he talked about was, um, oh, I just had it here. Hold on. Uh, it was Willie, Willie Pep was this boxer back from back in the, like the black and white era who apparently was really famous for something called the V step, which was a certain like foot maneuver where his feet would come in like together. And then he could basically move them out at any angle 
depending on what he needed, like to the point where if he was in the corner, he could V-step and switch places with his opponent like very easily. And like, yeah, so he was, so when you think of like, you know, Ali is full like a butterfly dancing, like he probably was heavily inspired by someone like Willie Pep and his foot. Yeah, for some reason that sounds really familiar. Yeah, and so you can find all sorts of, like he doesn't just talk about boxing. I said he did this one on, uh, I'm not going to pronounce this right, Bukau, who is like one of the most well-known Muay Thai fighters. And man, watching Bukau's like highlights essentially, like I'm surprised he hasn't killed people in the ring with, because uh, Muay Thai is brutal. So yeah. Anyway, point is, yeah, if you haven't like Mar Martial Arts has about uh, 300k subscribers, so he's not small time by any means, but it's not huge either. So yeah, check him out. His stuff is really fun. Well, I'm going to suggest something or a TV show, rather. Uh, Veronica Mars. This was one I have heard about forever, but I never watched it when it was on because, to be honest, never really watched the CW that much. That's the one with uh, the girl from The Good Place as a detective, right? Yes. That's all I know about it. because it's, that... uh, You'd love it. It's very noir in its I do writing love noir. theme. Yeah, no, this is a show you would dig. And this is a really good show. I missed it in its original run. I know it's gained a huge cult following. I know it's got huge nerd status, but I just I never caught it when it was on because I didn't watch the CW in high school. And recently, you know, it dumped all on uh, Hulu because they started a new season. It's like, I'm like, well, so let's watch this. And the first three seasons are really, really good. The movie they made to, you know, bridge the gap was pretty good. The new series... Let's just say it's got its problems. The biggest one being that they want to keep the same timeline, but since all these actors were 10 years older than, you know, the parts they played in high school, it's really kind of hard to pass some of them off as I'm a 32 year old adult, but nah, bro, you're 42. You know, that's one of those things that generally speaking has never been a problem for me. Like I never thought about that really until, you know, Scarlet, gets that 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 bugs her a lot when like people are supposed to be teenagers but don't look like it at all i think because maybe i was raised on things like uh um like that 70s show where those actors aged out of their roles pretty quickly like because the time span wasn't one-to-one i know there are some cases like mila kunis basically started off as uh 13 actually yeah some so, was ridiculously young no the problem with but that, on the other hand david masterson i think was already I don't remember how old he was, but so I, I got used to that. So now it doesn't bug bug me nearly as much. Here's the thing with Veronica Mars, because the first three seasons Kristen Bell uh, is her name, by the yeah, way. It was almost 2005, 2006, and 2007, and then the show got canceled. And now they're bringing it back in 2015, uh, 2019. So if you go from seeing these characters in 2005 to now seeing them in 2018, you're like, oh, you are much older than you were portrayed. Uh, it's like I said, the first three seasons are really good. It's a noir mystery. They have long-running uh, mysteries throughout the shows with little mysteries sprinkled in. It's really kind of cool to go and see a lot of you know now big-name actors cutting their teeth for the first time because both uh, – oh, I'm blanking on their name. I'm just going to use their Marvel names. Jessica Jones and Valkyrie are both in the show when they were, you know, first starting out. And it's like, oh, well, that's kind of cool to see you before you really took off. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I remember when Jessica Jones first came out, I was like, the girl from, and I can't remember what that thing is now, which is why it's interesting. Because I, I remember thinking, like, I'm only ever going to see you as this. Maybe it was, like, the girl from Breaking Bad or something. I just think she was the girl. Yeah, she was in but Breaking now it's Bad. Like, yeah, now I just see her as Jessica Jones. So. <laughs> Yeah, so for the portion of our audience that's screaming, yeah, I watched Veronica Mars when I was in, when I was on TV. It was great. How did it take you so long to get here? Hey, it took me a while to get here. For those of you that are like me and missed it out, it's on Hulu. I really recommend it. It's a really, really good show. It's very bingeable. Also, as a completely side, unrelated note, having nothing to do with really anything, uh, Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard are low-key, like, one of my favorite quote-unquote celebrity couples. Those two are adorable together. I think he gets a cameo in the movie, which is the kind of it's kind of funny because she seems to sneak him into every project she's on. Yeah, and I've always been a big fan of Dax Shepard. He's very good at playing a funny a hole. <laughs> yeah, he does that well. Oh, uh, Kristen Ritter and Tessa Thompson. Those are the actors. I, I oh, I knew Tessa Thompson, but I'm not surprised I forgot Kristen Ritter's name. Even though the second you said, it, I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> 
No, too much information in my brain, not enough sleep. Well, anyway, I think that brings us to our, our mark anyway. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things because that is how podcasts continue to grow. And, you know, that's how we know that you like what we're doing. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, PocketCast. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just listing off the various platforms that we're on. Whichever one you might be hearing this on, hey, thanks. We're also on those other ones, too. And if there's one that I didn't list that you think I should be listing, tell me about it. Tell him about it. We'll figure it out. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable. <laughs>